This is the Painless Health Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Avi. Living painlessly and in good health is our goal. We are here to help you get there. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Now let's have some fun and let's get painless. Well, welcome back to the Painless Health Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Ram Chandani, again. Thank you again for listening. I know it's been a little while since I've been here on the air. Now, I've been out a little bit as a planned break for, well, a few interviews. We had three interviews in the last couple months. And then we have this thing called the fire season here in the North Bay. And I just like to take this time off because it's stressful. We have Sometimes we have red flag warnings and other things with fires, and I want to be around for my children and my friends and everybody just in case something happens. So anyway, last year we were evacuated, as you know from this podcast, if you've been listening, we were evacuated in 2017 as well, and I'll go into more detail about that sometime in the future. In any case, today's topic is concussions, and the main reason why I'm talking about concussions is because... Well, they're very, very common in sports, and one of the sports that is the most common cause of concussions is football, and football season is around and just started recently. I guess we're now in week number seven, so I guess it started about seven weeks ago, and we've been going through several people with concussions. In any case, concussions by definition are what we call mild traumatic brain injuries, These are common, of course, in sports, as I mentioned, car accidents, and even normal falls and things around the house. Amongst adolescents, about 20% of people in the United States and Canada have had some type of concussion event, most of them happening from sports. Over time, we've learned more about the seriousness of concussions and their sequelae, meaning what happens because of the concussions, especially since people with repeat concussions may experience multiple post-concussive side effects. And this is really important for all of us. Remember, post-concussive side effects, that can cause lots of long-term issues. Before the awareness of the severity of concussions, many high school, college, or professional sports teams would allow for injured players to return to sport immediately. If you remember when we were kids or maybe when we were still adults, a few years ago, people would have an injury and then they would be right back into the system, even with a concussion. Several people's lives have changed. Several people's sports careers have changed and even stopped because of concussions. So when this would happen, people would get repeat injuries And that could transform a mild concussion to a more severe concussion, causing effects like more severe traumatic brain injury. This caused what we call second impact syndrome. The second injury may occur from days to weeks following the first. The second injury may not actually have a loss of consciousness, just like the first one. All it needs is a blow to the head and feeling slightly dazed. The second impact can cause cerebral edema, which is also known as swelling in the brain, and when you have swelling in an encompassed area, it is not good and can cause uh, collapse and even death within minutes. Yes, death within minutes. The severity of second impact syndrome has caused many protocols that we know to date for concussions in sports. 
A 2016 review of literature showed 17 reports, reported cases of second impact syndrome, which seems low, although this is likely an underrepresentation of second impact syndrome. And again, this is a rare but potentially fatal condition of a seemingly mild head injury. The phenomenon may be similar to what we know as shaken baby syndrome. More severe traumatic brain injuries will be covered in a different podcast, but deserve to be mentioned here. They can cause much more severe damage to the brain, including cerebral edema, bleeding, and other injuries to the brain. With this, the injuries can cause long-term sequelae. When we talk about sequelae of traumatic brain injuries or, or concussions, we need to talk about a baseball player named Ryan Friel. Ryan Friel was a baseball player that was a on the Cincinnati Reds and actually was a pretty good fearless defender and he wowed friends wowed fans with all the types of, you know, running into walls, colliding with other players. He had sustained about 10 concussions in his career and possibly even higher. During the time that he was a baseball player though, he struggled with depression and substance abuse. His repeated injuries led him to retire from baseball early in 2010. Now, this man was 36 in 2012. So he was 34 in 2010, therefore. And he was diagnosed with chronic traumatic encephalopathy. And the only way you can be diagnosed with CTE technically is because you get a test of brain tissue after death. So... Obviously, Ryan Friel passed away. He committed suicide in 2012 with a shotgun. He killed himself. And this is the biggest potential side effect long-term from repeated concussions. So it's very important to remember that concussions are not just, oh, right then and there, and people that actually have significant concussions afterwards. You know, other people that have had concussions, there are many, many football players, obviously, that have had concussions. And when we think about it, we think about, I think about Steve Young as a young player. He was running around the field as a quarterback. He'd dive into the end zone and get hit by people. And when you get hit by people like that, you tend to get hurt, tend to get concussions, tend to get other things. And Steve Young retired young because of his concussion history. And Steve Young continue to do pretty well despite having the concussion history. I don't know if he has any signs and symptoms of CTE. I don't know him that well, obviously, but he actually is a lawyer and still was practicing lawyer after he retired from football. So there are people that have concussions and concussions throughout their playing career, but they end up still doing pretty well despite having these concussions. Now let's talk about another player that I know of quite well. His name was, uh, or is Mac Williamson. He's not playing anymore. He retired quite early. But this this man actually made his professional debut for the San Francisco Giants September 23, 2015, and was actually playing quite well in 20, I think it was 2017. He actually competed for the left field job and was playing quite well. He made some significant improvements in his playing career and hit 
a monstrous home run against the famous Clayton Kershaw of the Los Angeles Dodgers on September 24, 2017. What happened was he was diving for a baseball sometime after that and actually got hurt where he landed on uh, on the outfield outfield bullpen mound and fell over and hit his head and he was found to have a a concussion at that point he then was never the same came back to play again and was actually designated for assignment at some point he left the team he left the team in 2019 and then became a Seattle Mariner briefly and then was again he left the team there he went to Korea, played there briefly for the Samsung Lions, and then became a free agent again. In 2020, he played for the Washington Nationals on a minor league deal and then was released in May 29th of 2020. Never came back to play a baseball game. Unfortunately, he had that concussion and claimed that he was still suffering from symptoms including nausea and dizziness which effectively ended his career. Now, concussions don't always end people's careers, but in this case, it ended Mac Williamson's career as well. So again, another sequelae from the concussions can be chronic nausea, vomiting, headaches, as well as what I had mentioned bef- before, like CTE, which is can be associated with depression and other anxiety and other issues. So... Concussions are not simple. There's lots of things that can happen and they can really result in long-term side effects to people, which can be quite severe and devastating. So we can't take these lightly. Now let's talk about different things that we need to do to prevent concussions and how we can actually monitor people for after having a concussion. So this is more of a talk of you know, if you see someone with a concussion, what do you do or what do we do and how do we evaluate them as a physician if they've had a concussion? As a physiatrist or physical medicine rehab doctor, we've actually been taught to how, how to deal with mechanisms of concussion and how to evaluate patients with concussions. So some of the things that we look at after someone has been hit in the head or sometimes even if they haven't been hit in the head, they've had some sort of injury or trauma that is quite severe, we look at different things, including observed signs, like have they had a loss of con- consciousness? Do they have any post-traumatic amnesia? Or do they remember everything from their injury or afterwards? This is something I even ask people way beyond the time of the concussion. So someone has had an injury months ago and I asked them, hey, what do you remember around the time of the injury? That's really important. Physical symptoms. Some people have headaches. Some people have nausea. Some people have other things. These are important to ask about. Cognitive symptoms. Do they feel foggy or does it not feel right? Or is there something different there? Cognitive symptoms. Feeling, or sorry, emotional symptoms. Irritable, sad, more emotional. All these things can happen after the concussion or head injury. Now, one of the things I also ask people, have they had more road rage? So people have less sort of like patience when they, after a concussion or after a traumatic brain injury. It's important to realize that these things can happen after someone has one. 
Initially, when someone has an injury on the field, what, the, what are the things that we look at? Red flag symptoms that at minimally require removal from, from play include neck pain, tenderness, paresthesias, meaning tingling in the extremities, the arms, the legs, something like that, a headache that is worsening, loss of consciousness, someone is having a convulsion, they're vomiting, worsening confusion, or deteriorating consciousness. All these things could be a sign that someone has had a pretty severe injury to the head, the skull, or a brain injury. A thorough neurological evaluation must also be done, and we do these by checking their nerves in their, in their brain, in their cranial nerves, how they can see, how they can smell, things like that, how they can shrug their shoulders, how can they move their eyes, their strength, their coordination, their balance, how they are thinking cognition, meaning is 2 plus 2 still 4 or is it 5? You know, those are things that we do. When someone has a concussion, we do a functional assessment right then and there. We have some standardized assessment tools, and these reduce the degree of subjectivity encountered by medical providers. Because you can imagine if someone is being seen on the side of a football game, and they are the star player, and they've just been hit in the head, of course, everybody's going to want them to go back to play. But when someone has a concussion, we have to make things at a with a blind eye to who they are and how they how you know, the things that are going on on the sideline. We have to look at it from a physician's view without any other thoughts. So that's important. So we have some standardized testing. These are called the SCAT-5 or the Sports Concussion Ass Assessment Tool, 5th edition, which incorporates the neurological assessment. This is checking their neurological, how their mind is working and how their body's working in, in conjunction. So it tests their tandem gait, so how they walk, sort of like a drunk test when people are drunk and they're being tested on the side of the road. Concentration, a, what we call a modified balance error scoring system, MBES testing, and delayed recall after using either a 5 or 10 word list assessed after 5 minutes. These are all very important to test how they are doing post-concussion. Immediate post-concussion assessment cognitive uh, testing is another assessment tool. This is a 20 to 25 minute computer-based assessment that uses a baseline assessment and in the event of SRC, a post-injury test is used to help aid in the diagnosis of SRC. So there's also something called the vestibular ocular motor screening that checks how people are moving their eyes if they're moving them smoothly or how they're moving their eyes up and down uh, there's a whole bunch of other things that are uh, associated with what we call sports related concussion um, as i mentioned there now there are no laboratory studies that we do after someone has a concussion normally after someone has a concussion a mri of the brain is negative CT scan is also usually negative, unless if they have bleeding. Now, if someone has worsening mental status, they get declining level of consciousness, they're having some deficits, seizures, things like that, then we really want to do some imaging on them. So, again, we talked about the supplemental test that we can do. There's another test called the King-Devic test. This is a two-minute sideline assessment of rapid number naming, where the athlete reads numbers on three cards. This requires eye movements, language function, and attention, all which are usually affected in a concussion. 
So when someone has a concussion, it's really important that there are some outcome predictions. So when people are younger, they usually tend to do better. People that are professional athletes may actually have faster recovery than amateur athletes. And that may be because they're in better, better shape. So if older people are able to communicate more succinctly than younger children who cannot, it may actually be difference between their ages and not actually because of the concussion. Now that's something important to realize as a physician assessing a concussion. So when we see differences, we might realize that, oh, they may be different, but that's maybe more due to the age of them. There are other things that may actually be important to remember that some people may have had previous concussions that may be a little bit more difficult to assess them later. So when people have had prior concussions, they may have still some lingering side effects from the concussion, even though they've completely recovered from it. So it's important to also realize that some people may have ADHD or learning disabilities and may have more concussion symptoms without ever having a concussion. And therefore, these are important. Pre-morbid depression, migraine may also be difficult to assess after a concussion. So it's important for people that have a concussion to have good social support and to not go back to work or school too early. Even school can be affected by their, con by their concussion. If people are returning to work after concussion, they may have difficulty just doing their normal tasks. So it's important if someone has had a concussion that you know of within your, your area, you know, someone has had a car accident or something like that, they've been concussed, they may not be normal for some amount of time. This may be up to two years after their concussion. It's really important to remember that. Now, there are laws that have been recently passed throughout the country since 20, 2009 that actually state that people that have a concussion must be removed immediately after the injury. And this is for any athlete. Um, again, rehabilitation can be difficult because there's very limited data on the rehabilitation of patients with concussions. Now, when we see a patient with concussion, there may be specific things that we're able to help them with, including speech therapy or language therapy or activity therapy, physical therapy. Sometimes balance is important to re restore. Other things may be important. It's important to realize that people that have concussions may return and may actually have most of their symptoms resolved within two weeks for adults and four weeks for children. But clinical recovery may not correlate with that physiologic recovery, and sometimes people may have a lot longer time before they are completely recovered. It is important to have a physician, family, teachers, and the athlete all involved in the process of healing from a concussion. Again, it is a long and sometimes arduous treatment for concussions. And I've had many people that have had seemingly minor injuries that have been long-term injured despite their seemingly minor injuries. So it's important to realize that concussions are, they're vast. They're, the array is quite severe to minimally severe. And they can happen in pretty much any sport where someone is moving. I mean, even in golf, someone could have a concussion if a golf ball comes and hits you in the head. So, again, in any, in any sport, someone can have a concussion. And it's important to realize that when these concussions do occur, they're, uh, again, variable. 
and people can have pretty bad sequelae despite a minor injury. So, again, thank you for listening to this podcast. This is Dr. Ramchandani. Hopefully I'll have something very interesting for everyone next week. Again, um, I am having a several different uh, potential guests that are going to be coming on the podcast as well. I'm excited to have those people on the podcast and talk about a variety of topics. I will also have some other topics. Again, if you have any topics you would like me to talk about, please send me an email at info at painlessnx.com. Any comments would also be appreciated. And thank you again. I hope you have a wonderful week. This is your host, Dr. Ramsadani. I'll see you again. Thank you for listening to the Painless Health Podcast. I hope the information that has been given to you has been useful. Of course, I am a physician, but not yours. So please go see your physician for medical advice and further information about any of the topics you've heard today. Thank you again, and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.